One of the things that uh, we talk about uh, in, you know, I, I do that morning Bible study at, at High Call Ministries on the, on the Facebook, and, you know, that's a commitment. Uh, it's something that a lot of times I, I don't have to pull a, a ton of time into it. I, I'm able to just, I've been going through the book of Ephesians, just going going through those. And, you know, it's pretty interesting how I went through, uh, as I as I went through some of it, I, I, I revisited those verses, and because of all that's in there, it, it takes a different turn. It, it kind of brings out a different part or different piece to it. And you know, it's amazing whenever uh, you begin to analyze all, everything that is about your life, you, you can use the Word of God as the way to to gauge, adjust, correct. It's amazing. All the things that uh, we use to better ourselves are right here in the Word of God. Everything, every, you know, there's people who write self-help books. There's, there's people that use, use things, uh, you know, positive words, positive quotes, all of those things. And it's all in the Bible if we begin to look at it. But, you know, I was thinking about where, where the offering is concerned, where giving is concerned. And, and I've been talking a little bit more about that. We didn't teach a lot on that. And, and, and I felt like, you know, we're at a place in time where everybody's feeling the crunch. Everybody's feeling pressure. And I think it's a time for reflection and the heightening of our faith and being very intentional in everything that we do where God is concerned. You know, we ought to, and, and I'm teaching tonight, I'm just going to kind of let this flow over into it, but I, you can find it if you've got your Bibles, turn to Philippians chapter 3. And, and I'm, I'm teaching, uh, I called this Make the First Move. You know, be the initiator. I, I started to call it, as I said last night, this is part two of this series, but I'm going to go back through enough of it. If you missed the first one, you'll be all right. You'll, you'll be able to catch up. But, but one of the things that I, I started to, to call it was be on the offense. Now, I was sitting there just thinking about illustrations, and, and I, I have one of the quarters that, that I've got to where I've got cows. Uh, the, we've got new fence on part of it, but the front fence is five wire barbed wire starting to get old and this time of year if you got cattle everybody understands and knows there's they're wanting to, they're picking at everything green they're starting to things are starting to green up and boy they're picking at the cheat the little winter grass they're 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 after it and they know there's some on the other side and if they can get their head through they start reaching and pushing and so you better have your fences secured. Well, there was there was a couple. This this one particular uh, half mile of fence has a, has a bunch of wooden posts in there, and they're, they're starting to break off. And they're you know the clips or the uh, steeples get, get to falling out. And and you know I I've tightened it up, but all it takes is one of those. And I and I had a couple of places, and I just kept driving by it. Just kept driving by it. Kept driving by it. I thought, and nothing's got out. It's it's not up on the highway. It's on. It's out there. I've got cousins around. Everybody, I'll get a call. You know, if a cow gets out, I'll, I'll get a call. I'll get some help. Get it back in. But I needed to do a little maintenance. And the other day, even though I didn't really have time, I just felt like I thought, you know what? I've gotten by all winter. And, I'm, and this wood, one wooden post was broke off, and it was flipped over, and so it it left a little gap. And then another place, the clips were off on about. Three or uh, steeples were off on about three or four posts, and so you know I had a big old gap there, and I just knew what they'll—they won't intentionally get out there; they'll just start grazing, and all of a sudden they'll be on the other side, and they'll be out on the road, and then they realize, "Whoa, there's a lot of grazing out here. I think I'll do this on a regular basis." And then you're fighting a cow that that maybe you developed a habit because you allowed her to begin to get out and learn something that she didn't learn before. And all it took was a little maintenance. 
All it took was taking being on the offensive. I didn't wait till the cow. I didn't have any cows get out. I generally try to keep everything up and keep everything in good shape. But I had just put this off and put this off, and I, I'll do it later. I, oh, man, I forgot. I'd get down there, you know, it's a whole three-quarters of a mile from my, my barn, my main barn headquarters, and, and, and I was like, oh, man, I'll have to turn around and go back and get a, you know, T-post and, and, a, and a post driver and, 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 and take this. Well, it took me about 30, 45 minutes. See, but how many times, like Greg said, in the morning... Do we just blow through our day? I'll do that later. I'll pray later. I'll, I'll catch up with God later. I'll, I'll spend that time later. And if we'll develop the discipline to be on the offense, here's what I've always, and, and where our giving is concerned. I can go back to every time when we've been short, Sue and I have been stressed or stretched. It, it's, it could go, now we've always, I always, I told them Sunday morning, I said, in 30, except for maybe the first year of marriage, we'll be 36 years in May, there has never been a conversation of do we pay our tithe or not. Didn't matter if we needed groceries, didn't matter what was happening, that was settled. That was our offensive move. We chose to say, God, we're going to do it, we're going to trust you, we're going to do what you say. We're going to do it your way. And so we trust that. But where our other giving and intentional being focused on how else can we give or what else do we need to do, maybe stewardship, maybe th those other areas. Is there some other thing? And right now I was telling them Sunday too. I said, you know, we had uh, my, my wife, we went through the fuel bill and she said, you need to quit driving so much. <laughs> I said, well, you know. She said, uh, our fuel bill, your pickup alone is, because I charge the co-op all the time, and so that she knows she separates mine out, and she said, it's, it's $100 over our budgeted amount for all three cars. Now, well, they're, you know, I mean, I get eight miles to the gallon. They get, you know, 24, 25, Sue, Sue and, and Kenzie, our youngest daughter, we still buy her gas. Well, so, you know, I'm like, okay, well, you know, y'all need to slow down driving then, you know, it's like, but we're just teasing, kind of going, bantering back and forth. But see, here's the thing, we're having to make an adjustment, and, and I feel that, you feel that, everybody, I'm sure, feels the difference in groceries and expenses in all these things. So I want you to, I want to challenge you to be anticipating that, and so step up your trust in God. God go, find those scriptures so that before the pressure's on, you begin to declare what God has said about your finances. He says, give, it'll be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, men will give to your bosom. Now, it doesn't just relate to finances, but it relates to all areas of our giving in our life. He says if we'll tithe, He'll open the windows of the storehouse of heaven and provide a blessing that we can't contain. He'll, in other words, He'll make provision. He says in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, how do we tap into His riches? We do, you do things God's way, you get God's results. Thankfully, I, we are tapped into, by entrusting those things to God, we are tapped into a heavenly economy. Does that mean we won't feel pressure? Oh, no, we're still out. I mean, you know. But think about Psalms. I'm, I'm just thinking about scriptures as I go along. What does Psalms chapter 1 say? In fact, let's turn there. doesn't have a whole lot to do with giving, although it can apply there. It talks about a life that's trusting God, though. Psalms 1. Everybody can find that right, probably right close to the middle of your Bible, unless you got one of these study Bibles and it's not in the middle. But it says, blessed is the one. Now that right there perks my ears up. You want to be blessed? I mean... Do you? 
Some of you hesitated. It's like, I don't know if I want to answer or not. I might have to, I might, there might be a requirement. No, it's, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, do you want something free? You know, if I said, do you want something free? Most of you, you know, some of you say, whoa, yeah, give me some. There's some more than others, but we all like something free. Well, we all ought to like the blessing. He says, blessed is the one. And then he tells us how that comes. Who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinner or stand the way in the way the sinner takes or sit in the company of mockers. So he says, you know, live different than the rest of the world. That's a big part of it. That's a, that's a start. And then he says, but who, but who delights, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates in the law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does prospers. See, see, that is a difference that comes from doing things God's way, putting our trust in God. See, I can tell you that by walking that way, blessed is the one who, what? Is like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Now, I just, and the reason that my mind instantly went to that illustration, because I said, you know what? Just because we give and are obedient or trust God or pray or, or get, get up in the first thing in the morning, doesn't mean we're not still going to feel the, the pressure or the adjustments that are required because of costs. If you have grass and wheat and in agriculture you're experiencing the pressure of fertilizer costs it's is it five times now i don't know it's 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 like nine like nine hundred dollars a ton 940 a ton for urea for 4600 now i calculated it up it was a lot of money and it's stuff you got to have but see, here's the thing. It's no different than we need that gas for that truck. Now, here, here's, the, here's part of what I think has to be understood. Just because we, there, there is a part to, that we play, a part where our giving, our part where our praying, our part where our trusting is concerned, but you know what is also involved in that? Is I, I mentioned about that with stewardship. You know what I've started doing? It, I, my cows are 25 miles away. I started putting out more hay, so I'm up there three times and praying and trusting God that they're staying in and everybody's calving and doing all right and water and everything stays and I'm staying away an extra day. They can get by. They can do that this time of year. I, I'm, 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 so I'm stewardship. I'm not in fear. I'm not in worry, but I'm asking the Lord, what can I do differently? What do I need to do where my those fertilizer costs? So you know, what do we do where groceries are concerned? I told Sue the other day, I said, you need to get some, some, uh, what was it? Some of that, uh, oh, some of that hot sauce that, that we were out of. I said, we need, I said, you need to get some, go, you know, get some of that. She said, it's on the list. I said, well, you know, I, I, I want, I want it. You know, that's like, I don't want to wait. I want it. She said, sorry, grocery money's gone. You know, it's like three days. I mean, you know, April 1st, we get to buy groceries again. <laughs> now are we hurting? I mean, thank God she's, I love that about her now. I didn't like that when we were first married. I was like, God, come on. But I love the fact that she holds us to that, but we budget. We, we, we are strict about things, about how we, about how we spend. That's one of the ways that we, that we remain blessed is God's wisdom where those things are concerned. So 
I guess I'm saying, don't just expect to just, oh man, I'm going to drop some money in the bucket so that, to, you know, I'll have a $100 bill to fill my truck up. You know, it, it's not necessarily all that. But isn't it amazing how when we put our trust in God, and that's the picture, we're like the tree planted by the rivers of water. What does that mean? What's the difference in the tree by the water? Its roots are tapped into a source that, that yes, it still feels the heat of the drought. Yes, it still has the same wind, same, same issues as everything that's out away from there, but it's not reliant on that rain. It's reliant on a consistent source of supply. And that's what it's like when we're tapped into God and we trust God. And that's what it means to be offensive in, on the offense, in trusting God. Doing things God's way, trusting for His results, so that even in the midst of what else I feel, I got it. See, this is the same message, same thing I've been preaching since before COVID. But when we hit March 20th, I mean, you go back and you listen. I didn't, even though we shut down for a while, I was still preaching every, you know, Willie and me and Sue and a few of us, we'd still be up here recording something for Facebook. We'd still be doing something recording. But the message was still the same. Trust God in the midst of this time of uncertainty and all these challenges. And, and, and you know what? We get through all of that, and now, now it seems like there's another wave of stuff. But that's why we remain on the offensive. See, uh, one of the things that I, I, I wrote down last week, or I taught on last week, was we need to set our course. See, notice here, before we leave Psalms 1, he says, that person is like a tree. That person who? That person who delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night. And notice, takes the Word of God and uses it as, its, as our guide. You know, that's why I teach every, I, I started to talk about that, every morning on High Call, Monday through Friday. I teach that to give people a, a nugget of something, a way to over consistently over time grow and develop in, a, in their relationship with the Lord. Now, that, that's, that's what's so powerful. It's when we begin to apply it on a regular, everyday basis. I'm training a colt, got a three-year-old. Uh, cold, and uh, and I, you know when it was really cold and nasty, there were times when I just wasn't I wasn't gonna ride. It, I mean, by the time I got done feeding all my cows and and got everything else and and got home, it was dark and it was cold, and I thought, well, I'll get him next, I'll get him tomorrow, and then I get him tomorrow, and then pretty soon be four days. Well, you go four days, and then you ride two, and then you go four days and ride two, and you don't make a whole lot of progress. But if you do a little bit every day, a little bit all the time, you continually do your and be consistent. That's where our relationship with God is. That's why God working on you. Because yes, you're praising. Yes, you're, wor you're, you're singing songs. You're preparing to minister in your church with praise and worship. But that's one aspect. But what about the, the time for yourself to go, okay, God, what, what do I need for today? And being offensive, being on the offense, says, okay, God, I'm coming before you. Where do I go today? What, what, what do I need? You know what? He, if, if you don't know where to go sometimes, I mean, I remember that, not knowing where to go for in the Scripture, going, okay, God, you know, where do I go? And having trouble. I mean, it's not like, you know, me and God are sitting across from a coffee table uh, with each other, although that is what it's like. But I would just go to Proverbs. I just start reading a proverb, one of, the, one of the chapters of Proverbs. 
Or I'd go to Psalms. I'd start reading. And that's why I underline in my Bible. You, if you could see this, I've got all kinds of notes right here written and underlined. Things circled because it spoke to me. And you can go back through it. If you don't know where to go, go, go through those. And then you don't have to read a whole bunch. In those, they're little, little snippets. It'll tell you how to handle relationships. And it'll tell you what to, what to do and how to change it. It's, a, it's an amazing thing how it instructs you. But it, if, let's go over to Philippians chapter 3 and, and just remind ourselves of what, what I said last week about setting your course. Because it's amazing, Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through, through uh, 16 here, the Apostle Paul was telling them how he achieved in his life. He said, not that I have already attained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. He says, I press on. See, that's that one who's going to be the initiator. Remember, you know, uh, if, if you ever played a lot, a lot of sports, if you played football, I mean, you know, I wasn't a big guy. But when I was a, a, a linebacker or, or a defensive back, I didn't wait for that back to hit me. I, I went. I mean, that, you didn't. You didn't want to do that. You just get. Now, I remember one time we were playing a, a team, and they had this kid and this running back. He was huge. I mean, he's big. I mean, I think he'd flunked two or three grades. This is probably like you know. I, I mean, he he was he was big, and I wasn't. And but uh, but I I wasn't scared. I was going to hit him. But I remember about the second time he come through the line. I was like, and I was a defensive back. I was like, one of you linebackers, somebody please hit this guy. I do not want to be here. And I remember just bouncing off of his thigh, just hit him and just, bounce, just you know, but I hit him with everything I had. Just get tangled up in his legs. Most of the time, slow him down so somebody else could hit him. But you initiate that force. When I roped calves, same way, you come to him. You don't, you don't sit back and wait for that calf to come to you. You go to him. You go to him, take hold. You grit your teeth. You get a hold. And that's kind of the way that, that it is with this relationship, with our relationship with God to some degree. Not that we're working for salvation, but we got to be on the offense. And, and Mark and I were, again, Mark, you're the sermon illustration again. But we, we, he took one of my little confession books. And if you don't have one, I've got some more ordered, but I've got one or two where it gives you good things to say over your life and yourself out of the Scripture for you every, every day. And he said, you know, I didn't realize I would say the right thing, and then somebody would ask me my problems, or ask me how I was, and he'd say, well, I was, I'm pretty good, but... And he'd start on the negative. And he said, all of a sudden, when I just started leaving it as what I was believing for and, and believing it on the good, he said, it's amazing how different my day was. And, and I could tell by talking to him, he's still, he's still learning to make that his habit because he'd start to, somebody would say something, he'd start to, you could just kind of, he'd say, well, I, I'm really good. And, it, and, and then he just, he, he's learned just to stop. Well, part of that offense is to say, you know what? This is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm trusting God with. He says, I'm going to press on. Now, think about Paul's life. It wasn't like he was on easy street. It wasn't like it was 75 degrees and no wind. <laughs> it was a little more like today, you know, the wind blowing and going. Or, or it was, he was in turmoil and trouble all the time. If he wasn't in prison, there was somebody trying to throw him in prison. And so his life was, was, had a lot of challenges, but he said, I press on. 
So that means I'm choosing in spite of what I feel, what I see, what I face, and what's against me, I'm going to press on. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself that I have uh, myself yet to have t taken hold of it, but one thing, but one thing I do, notice this, forgetting what is behind, I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He said, I press on. So that's, that's the choice we got to do. We got to set our course. See, if we don't set our course, other things will. You, you wake up happy every day. It's, it's, uh, Greg, you, it's easy for you. It's easy. I, I'm that way. I, I wake up most of the time. I very rarely have to, to, have to talk myself into a good mood. I, I just get up and I'm, I'm just that away. But you know what? It does, it, there is a choice that was set a long time ago that that's the way I'm going to be. Because it doesn't matter who you are, everybody can be drugged down by the things of life. I, I, can, I can look at all of what's around me. I can look at all the challenges that we have and be overwhelmed, be disappointed, be discouraged. Or I can be, a, be on the offense and say, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to be the, the river. I'm, I'm planted by a river of living water. I'm going to trust you that in the midst of the drought, my leaves are not going to wither. In, in the midst of, of those challenges, I'm going to stand firm, stand fast. See, um, uh, and, but one of the things that I wanted to get to, I, I'm just going to jump into this tonight so that we get there. To, but look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And I didn't even get down there to some of the other, uh, some of the other scriptures there in, uh, in Philippians. There's so many great, great ones. But I wanted to get over here to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Because there is a part to, that, that we play... And, and I'm, I've, I've taught whole sermons just on this topic of taking control of your thoughts. And it's really important that we take control of our thoughts. And, and I'll, I'll go so far as, as to say this. If you can control your thoughts, you can control your life. Because you're, you will follow what you're thinking. And if you're not actively setting the course of your life and, and maintaining your thought life it will naturally go, or you'll have a lot of help going where it shouldn't go. Not just towards sin, but I'm talking about towards desperation, towards hopelessness. You know, I listen to a little bit of news, and then I turn it off, switch over to praise music. I listen to a little bit of sports talk radio, and then I switch it over to something else, because that's a perpetual argument all day long if you hadn't figured that out. That's all that is, is they, they just, and, and you know, all the news they, they want to do is they want to stir everybody up so you'll tune in, right, and make everything dramatic. But look at what he says here in verse 3. We'll start here. He says, for though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons of, uh, that we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. They have divine power to destroy, to, to destroy or demolish strongholds. Now, notice verse 5. He says, we dem demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Notice he, he illustrates or, or, or uh, uh, helps us understand that our thought life is important. But he also uh, helps us understand that many of our battles and many of the things that we, we, where we wage war is in our mind. 
And I can just tell you that, that there is a battleground in our mind. See, our spirit man's born again. But the enemy will come, Satan will come against us in our mind. He'll start to tell us we're not good enough. He'll start to tell us we can't do this. I remember failing as a Christian over and over again, trying to walk with God and not, and not making it. And I finally just say, I can't do this Christian thing. And then I learned to trust or, or rely on the Holy Spirit and His help. I learned to understand and grow in the, in, the, in the recognition of His grace and His mercy for us and His love for us, that, that He loves us right where we're at on the way to where we're going. He doesn't want us to stay where we're at. But He also doesn't expect us to be perfect. He, he loves us on the, uh, and, and enables us to get on, on the way, but there is a certain amount of things that we have to do. Now notice how it talks about this. It says to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Now, one of the ways that, that there's multiple or several ways that we do that, first of all, is we renew our mind by the Word of God. And part of that process is this. It's an exchange. You exchange a negative thought for a positive thought. This is, this is kind of Mark again. This is a great illustration. I'm sure glad, Mark, I'm glad you're here again tonight so, so I can use you as an illustration. I don't always have to tell, I don't always have to tell on me. But you know... We have to, to, if we learn the Scripture and what God's Word says, we can exchange those thoughts. That's Romans, uh, Romans 12, uh, 2 talks about that being renewed in our mind. We, it talks about it in Colossians. It talks about it in Philippians. It talks about it in Ephesians. Talking about the spirit of our mind and talks about our attitude. We'll get to a couple of those Scriptures here in a little bit. But, but I want you to catch this. We, we need to bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, bring our thoughts captive to what does God say. You see, when we're flooded and inundated with all the negative news and the negative information, we need, to, uh, we need to offset that or exchange that with what do you say. That's why I got the little confession books. It gives you, it gives you some scripture and some ways to personalize those scriptures to help you. This is how I'm going to start my day. I will rejoice and be glad. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It establishes for us from Scripture a way to use the words of our mouth to help shape our mind. Because what do we what do we do as we speak things? We we begin to build images and thoughts on the inside. You, you can begin to to build that negative thought life, or you can grab your thoughts and bring them into obedience of Christ. And you can do that where sinful thoughts are concerned. But also do that where, where uh, anything that would lead you away from, uh, from God, a hopelessness or a, or a fear and a worry. Now, uh, let's look at uh, Colossians chapter 3, and this will get us another one of these scriptures uh, that, would, that would talk about this. Colossians chapter 3, um, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. He says, uh, since then we have been raised with Christ, set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Notice this verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You know, he tells us right there, set our minds. Well, who's going to do that? We are. We, we have to be active in that. That's where we're offensive. Do you know how many times that I have had to t 
take God's word and tell myself you're uh, a new creation in Christ Jesus. There's therefore now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. You're, you're, you're forgiven. You're righteous. You're, you're loved by God. I don't have to do that anymore. But boy, there was a season time, there was a time in my life where I needed to hear that because the thoughts that I was hearing was, you're sorry, you're no good, you can't do this, or, or, or any number of other things. I know what you did. I know what you thought about. <laughs> I know how you failed. You hypocrite. All those, there's all those words that come to try to tear us down. Now, wh- what, what about other things in life? You know, well, you're a failure, or you can't you know, have a relationship, or you can't do this, or you can't change this, or every time you, you start down that path, you, you fail. All these different things. We, get, we can come back with the Word of God. We can take those thoughts captive, and we can set our mind on the things of God. But here's a, here's a key. We have to know what the Word of God says about us. And that's why we read. That's why we study. That's why you, you take notes. That's why you listen to things. You know, I used to sit on the tractor and listen to, listen to preaching all day long. And I might only have, you know, one series of teaching of three or four uh, or five or six tapes of hour-long teaching, but I'd listen to those over and over and over and over and over. Certain ones of them, and they're so ingrained on the inside of me that when my mind would start to go contrary to the Word of God, I knew a Scripture and knew a way to respond. Now, one, I don't prefer the le- electronic Bible. I, you know me. I like, the, I like to always give people a hard time about their electronic Bible. I like the physical Bible. But the electronic Bible is good for something. And that's finding scriptures that you can only remember a piece of. You say, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm really anxious. I'm really worried. I'm really stressed out. What does the Bible say about anxiety and peace? You know, there's several scriptures that come to mind. But Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication... Make your request known to God that the peace of God that passes understanding would flood my heart and my mind. So I I take that scripture and I begin to exchange the anxiety. Another one, uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He gave me uh, something to not only not have it, but have the ability to overcome what's, what's left. And so if I can grab hold of those things and walk in those things and live in those things, what a, what a powerful thing that is. So I take control, take control of those thoughts. See, the, gra- battleground of our, the, the battleground for our life is often in the mind. There were, that's where the enemy attacks, and, and he can affect our, notice this, emotions, he can affect our health, and he can affect our de- decisions. I, I want to go to one more scripture, and then I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you, we'll get back to some music. But I do want to, I do want you to go to the book of Acts. And there's, there's lots of scriptures that talk about the mind and, and things and uh, how we need to take, set our mind on or control. But Acts chapter 10, verse 38 this says in verse 38, he says, how God anointed Jesus. Now, this is talking about Paul's, uh, Paul's sermon, and uh, he's sharing things. But he says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were now oppressed by the devils, what the King, New King James says, or King James says, but the NIV says, that are under the power of the devil because God was with him. Now, I want you to see something here that, that, that op- oppression 
meaning being bound, being hindered, being limited. The devil was binding people or oppressing people. And part of healing, the healing that came was a freedom and, and, and a freedom from a healing from a restoration from the power of the enemy against them and against their mind. Think about all the, the ways I got to. Oh, God, I got to go to one more verse. Ephesians four. I didn't lie to stress the truth. <laughs> now, y'all forgive me. Uh, Ephesians 4, we, got, we do need to see this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. And I'll, I will close with this. But I, I get excited about this because this brings freedom in people's lives. In verse 27, he says, uh, verse 26, let's back up. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing, steal no more. Any uh, work with your hands? Okay, I don't want to get into all that right now. I just want to focus on the anger as, and, and, and allowing the devil a foothold. You see, and, and the reason I got to get to this tonight, because as I was studying this afternoon, I felt like the Holy Spirit was wanting to minister this as much as anything. There's times when, when the devil begins to work in our mind and it begins to affect our emotions. And when he can begin to affect our emotions, he can either bring us to a point of sin or he can, be, or he can drive us away from God. If we can, if we can align ourselves with him and, and, and overcome the oppression and be healed. You know, I love this out of the, out of the New Living Translation. It says, do not let sin, uh, don't, don't sin by letting anger control you. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. How, how do you do that? You get it dealt with. You get it dealt with and you release it to God. It's kind of like forgiveness. You say, Lord, I'm going to forgive. Being offensive is saying before it leads me into sin. Being, being offensive and, and, and being, being the aggressor, the initiator, going at it. Is it coming through the line? Is it going to hurt when you hit? Is it, going to, is it a big deal? Is it coming at you? I'm going to deal with it ahead of time. I'm making a choice. I'm setting my course, and I'm saying, God, I'm not going to, be, God, not going to go to that place. I'm not going to walk there. I'm not going to live there. I'm not going to allow it to control me. I'm not going to allow it to lead me to sin. And he says, don't give the devil a foothold. I'm going to, I'm going to make this statement. The heaviest load that you can possibly carry on your back is a pack of grudges. So if you want to travel far and fast, then travel light. Unpack all your envies, all your jealousies, unforgivenesses, revenges, and fears. Man, what a good thing. You know, if we'll make a choice, if we'll, if we'll make a choice and a decision to walk that out, to live that out, to say, God, I'm going I'm to make the choice and decision that I'm not going to be ruled. I'm not going to allow my mind to go to that place. I'm going to keep those things held. I believe God will, God will take you there. So let's pray and as we close. Father, we just, we just come before you tonight. And, and Lord, as, as we wrap this, this sermon up, and Father, we, we know that we're in a, we're in a place that, that there's a lot of things that come against our minds. There's a lot of things that would cause us to, to be on the defense, only reacting. But Father, you've given us your word. You've given us the authority of your name. You've given us the power of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, if we'll learn how to use the weapons of our warfare, then Father, we can overcome the enemy. 
that, Lord God, we can overcome the battleground of the mind, that, Lord, we can control our thoughts that, that would lead us into a dark place, and, Father, we can keep headed towards the light. We can, we can have the victory that is ours. Lord, we can be that tree planted by the rivers of water, got a consistent flow of provision from you. Lord God, it all begins with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It all depend, re, re, begins with the willingness to say, Lord, if you'll have me, I'm yours. If you're willing to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. The Bible says if we do that, we can be saved. You know, the other powerful thing is, is that at any point in our walk, even if we've made Jesus Lord, at any point in our walk, power of God is to simply surrender to Him and, and yield to Him and say, okay, God, I'm here again, but I give it to You. We can repent of sin and be cleansed instantly. We can choose to no longer be dominated by anger or by bitterness or by any of those negative emotions, and we can turn them over to You. We can make a choice, and the choice is ours. God's done his part. So, Father, I pray that if there's anybody in, in the sound of my voice watching or sitting here that needs to make any of those choices, decisions, what they can do is in their heart of hearts is they can say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Now, Father, I praise you and I thank you that you give them the, the peace to know that they've been heard by you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. You know, uh, as we get ready to let Greg sing some more, uh, one of the things that I go up and I pray over prayer needs, if you have a prayer need, you can come up and pray. A few people will, will leave and, and, and go up there with me to pray. Otherwise, enjoy this music and be blessed by the time with Greg because I believe he's not only going to bless us with great quality singing, but also just good things that bless us. Amen. Let's give Greg a hand.